What's up, guys? Hope you guys are having a great day, and welcome back for another episode of the Matthew Spazzitti program. We talk about financial freedom and economics. If you're new here, uh, what I really mean by financial freedom is that we talk about you know, controlling the source of our income, which is primarily you know being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, someone who controls a product or service that you control the price of. So if you are an influencer on YouTube or a podcast and you're selling somebody else's product, I wouldn't really consider that controlling the source of your income, although you are a business owner. You're not a entrepreneur. An entrepreneur controls the source of their income by controlling the very products and services and and controlling the prices that they can charge for those. And that's the general idea here that we're trying to go for is that we become much freer people when we control the sources of our income. You know, it provides us mobile income, assuming that, well, it should provide you mobile income, assuming you're doing this online, of course. You know, if you're doing this online, then you have the ability to make that money no matter where you live. And that is an incredibly desirable feature. Now, some people own brick-and-mortar stores, and they control the source of their income, but they don't really have mobile income, right? You know, in the event that you're seeing riots in, in the streets or in the event that you're seeing, uh, I don't know, econ- an economic downturn in your country, you want the ability to get up and leave. That's the one of the main reasons why I'm interested in becoming financially free, and I, and I would hope that most of you will be. You see, I mean, it's, it's kind of absurd to, to put all your eggs in one basket, all your investments, all your money your house, everything, your job, your source of income, everything is all in one country. And this is absurd. I mean, nobody thinks that things last forever, right? Nobody would make the statement that, um, you know, a country will last forever, an empire will last forever. And yet here we are acting as though it is. And here we are acting as though America is going to last forever. And that's just not the case. America won't, or at least certainly not in the condition that it's in today. America has constantly been an ever-changing, ever-evolving, you know, country. And so many other countries are the exact same way. Nothing stays the same. Everything, we, we live in a constant state of flux all the time. And sometimes that flux that we see, that volatility, that change is positive, and sometimes it isn't. Now, and it also kind of is a bit subjective. It depends on the person, right? Some people believe that certain changes are positive for other people. Some people don't believe that it's positive for other people, right? So, but either way, the point is, is nothing lasts forever. So you need to become financially free and achieve mobile income by controlling the source of your income so that you can get out there and you can leave in the event things are bad. 
Now, it's interesting because I actually brought up the riots and the protests a couple minutes ago, and I, I that's what I really want to focus this podcast episode on. You know, I mean, it's so large in the news today. I, I even thought of not talking about it at all, largely because... I don't really like the idea of getting completely into politics. This is th- th- that's not the main focus of the show. The main focus of the show is more or less like entrepreneurship and economics, you know, things of that nature, you know, trading, investing, personal finances. You know, sometimes I talk about my faith, sometimes I talk about you just whatever that really comes to mind and every now and then I want to talk about politics because sometimes you just have to like with COVID-19 and stuff of that nature it's so prevalent in everybody's mind it would kind of behoove you to not do it it would kind of not benefit you so it you know I, I think it's important to talk about it. it's everywhere all over the news and I wanted there is a very good economic theory that we can tie in here And there's an economic lesson that we need to learn because there's a lot of people who still believe this this economic fallacy uh, that's called the broken window theory, or at least I like to call it the broken window theory. This theory was uh, created by Henry Hazlitt in his book, Economics in One Lesson. And I don't know if the theory was really created. He kind of dubbed it this. It may have been called that by other people, but he drew attention and gave his opinion on it in this book. It's one of the best books I have ever read on economics, and to be completely fair, it's definitely an Economics 101 book. Henry Hazlitt was an amazing writer at the time. He writes in a very clear and fluid way. I, I just, I like this book. It was one of my first economics books. I actually, actually think my very first economic book was, oh man, The Causes of Economic Crises and essays before and after the Great Depression by Ludwig von Mises. I have to be honest, there was a lot of really great lessons in there, but Ludwig von Mises, the way he writes, it's very difficult to understand him. He is an older economist. He was very, very prominent in the 20th century. He actually was very prominent in like 1912, I believe. And, you know, he was one of the... He was one of the great proponents that boosted Austrian economics, uh, the school of Austrian economics, which is the the school of economics that I subscribe to. And we're not going to really get into all that. But, you know, Henry Hazlitt ended up writing this book, uh, Economics in One Lesson, to teach people the very basics of economics. And it was really, really well written. Well, anyways, in the broken window theory, Henry Hazlitt comes out and basically states that there's this, that a kid throws a brick through a window and that a whole crowd gathers. It's kind of a small town and everyone starts looking at the window. And at first it's, it seems as though it's a disaster. The owner of the store, the window that was broken was owned by a baker in the local town, in the small town. And a lot of people think it's a disaster at first, and then they start to all seem positive, and they start to think, and they all get very philosophical, and they all start to think, oh, well, hey, this is going to benefit the glazier, the guy who's going to make you a new window. And then he's going to have money to pay his employees and to pay and to spend that on other places, right? So they actually see this whole situation as a boon, and they see this as a good thing. And, you know, the the... The hoodlum that threw the uh, the brick through the window 
at first was seen as a bit of a criminal, as a bit of a hoodlum, a negative figure. But then when they start thinking about the economic uh, benefits that will cre- that will be created from it, they start viewing this action more as a positive action than a negative one. And it's really a false way of thinking, is what Henry Hazlitt says. You're not really considering what the money that was spent on the window would have been spent on otherwise. You're not really thinking about the baker and the money that he is now out to the glazier, okay? It's not a benefit. And it, so- and it sometimes isn't exactly a loss either. It's really more of a... It, one person's gain is another person's loss in this cons- in, in this situation. So let's assume in the book he, he says that the window would be 250 bucks to replace. Okay, let's assume that's the case. Although any window today probably would be significantly more expensive, particularly once you're factoring in the cost of labor. But whatever, let's go ahead and assume, you know, I mean, this book was written a while ago. So let's go ahead and assume that $250 is, is the price to replace this window. Okay, so 250 bucks. The baker is out the $250. The glazier is up $250. But the baker was going to spend that $250 on a suit. Well, now the suit maker is out of $250. He doesn't get to, he doesn't get the $250. And all the employees of the suit maker and all the the uh, people that he was going to spend that $250 on, like maybe the suit maker had to go buy, uh, who knows, groceries or something. Um, I guess, the, I mean, at this time, you know, small town, let's assume there was no groceries. Or maybe he was going to go to local market, buy some, you know, some food, some vegetables from local farmers, things of that nature, right? Those people are now out the money as well. Now, you could assume that the, that the window maker, the glazier, probably may have spent the same money in the same places. It's a possibility right? It's totally a possibility. But it's not a net benefit. It's really more of a trade-off. The glazier benefits $250, whereas the suit maker does not. The suit maker loses that opportunity to make $250. It's not really a benefit here. And in some cases, it's actually a loss. What if the baker was going to reinvest that money in his business. What if he was going to hire an apprentice? Or let's assume he has an apprentice. Let's see. What's this? Let's say he was going to hire somebody else. Maybe he's got someone who ma- who manages the front of the store. They're like the cashier, and then he's got another person that works with him in the back, and they're baking all kinds of goodies for everyone to eat and buy, or buy and eat. <laughs> okay, let's assume that's the case. What? What about um, delivery? He wants to start reinvesting money into his business. He needs to buy a truck so that he can start delivering his goods to the rest of the town. Well, now he doesn't have the money that he was saving up to go and buy the truck and to pay another employee to go do delivery. You see, he wasn't just going to have his cashier go do it. He wasn't going to have his apprentice who was working in the back do it with him. He was going to hire another employee and buy a truck to go and do this. Well, the truck would have been a great benefit to the to the town because it not only creates a business for the seller of the truck and the producer of the truck, but it also creates business for the upkeeping of the truck and the filling up the gas. So at a lo- the local gas station, the local mechanic shop creates business for them. And on top of all that, this is going, now that he's able to sell to far more people, 
with this new reinvestment into his business, he's now going to be able to increase his profits and thus may need to increase his production. Maybe there will be a, an increase in demand because he now has the ability to, to deliver to much more people. It's no longer just the person that walks into a store. Now he can deliver to people to their own homes. So now he's thinking of hiring someone else to help him in the store. And, you know, this goes on and on and on. Before you know it, he has to upgrade his store, hire more employees. You see, you see the catalyst of investment it doesn't just mean investing in the stock market. It doesn't just mean investing in stocks, bonds, ETFs, exchange-traded funds, things of that nature. It doesn't just mean that. It means investing in a business, expanding your business. So if he doesn't have – and it all could have started with the $250. Now, I'm not trying to say that the $250 was the breaking point and that, and that was the amount of money that the truck was going to cost. I mean, come on. I mean, we're not – I don't know if cars have ever gone for that cost. I mean, they probably have, but, you know, that was probably far, far further back in the past than the story that we're talking about today. But in the end, guys, you know, he, the $250 was intended to go for something other than the window. In the car, in, in, in the expansion of his business and that in that scenario that I brought up that money was intended to save towards a truck towards hiring an employee right but in the window the broken window scenario that Henry Hazlitt created that money was intended to go towards a suit now, in the suit situation, it was really not so much a net gain or a net loss. It was kind of just more of a transfer. Some people lost and some people gained. It not really benefited the, the community one way or the other. Although it was not a benefit to the baker, right? Instead of spending it something on, he va on something that he wanted, something he desired that would improve his emotional state... I mean, not, I'm not saying he was a depressed person. You know, a suit that makes someone feel very happy, right? Successful. People like buying clothing. People like buying nice clothes. It makes us feel good about ourselves when we get to buy stuff for ourselves and to treat ourselves, right? Well, the suit is really no different. The suit is exactly the same. But instead, now he's got to go fix a, a freaking window. You know, I mean, so emotionally, I think it definitely had a cost to it. But even if we're not talking about that, I mean, that's obviously just um, speculation on my end. But, you know, even if we're not talking about that particular situation and we are talking about, you know, my scenario, do you really think the community was benefited? Now he has to save up more money in order to buy this truck. And in order to hire a new employee, now he's got to save up more and it's going to take him longer to achieve the goal of expanding his business. So I would say that the community on the whole is at, if that was the situation, then the community on the whole is hurt, not benefited at all. Now, this has a lot to do with today's situation in our in our nation today. If you live in the United States, you know that there's been riots that have been going on in major cities. And we're not really going to talk a ton about whether I agree with the riots, whether I disagree with the riots. I will make a small statement here that yes, from the information that I have gathered on the death of George Floyd, of course, I don't think it was justice. I think it was injustice, right? 
it was unnecessary from from the information that I have. Okay? I don't really get into a lot of this, a lot of these politics stuff. If you guys know me at all, you know that I like to stay out of most of that stuff because I think largely it makes you a very depressed person, makes you very upset. It hurts your emotional state and it does not improve your life. It hurts you. If you are the type of person who's hovering over social media, hovering over the news, just just dying for the latest information, watching these riots. Oh my gosh, our country is dying. I mean, come on. I just read an article the other day that says our, our, our nation is ripping apart at the seams and in chaos. Are you kidding me? Ripping apart? You know, maybe if you're looking at all the bad news, which is all the media ever focuses on, when was the last time they focused on a lot of positivity here? I mean, sure, they focus on positive things from time to time, but for the most part, they focus on negative stuff because negative stuff is what sells, right? That's what benefits them. It's what sells, but it deteriorates our mental state. It makes us think our nation sucks. It makes us think the world sucks. Racism is on the rise. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Everything is gone. Everything is destroyed. I, I, I don't like to get into that. Look, I... I I'm going to share with you guys a personal story on my end, okay, and, and and try to explain to you and motivate this idea of why I don't like watching the news and why I don't like filling my life up with, neg- with negative stuff and why I, I, dr- I really heavily try to limit it because I had a loved person in my life, a family member, who used to sit and watch the news all the time. That's all she ever did was sit and watch the news. Gosh, man, she was stressed out so much to the day that she ended up passing away. She was quite old. All she did was she was just glued to the TV, constantly worrying. She was a worry war. That's all she ever did. I And I, frankly, saw it negatively impacting her life. I didn't see it benefiting her at all. I, I just didn't. You know, she just, she spent the rest of her days that could have been spent doing happier things improving her life, improving the quality of her life. And instead, all she did was sat glued to that stupid TV and the news, just constantly worried about everything that was going on. And you know what I see? I see the same type of thing happening to other people. Instead of maybe watching the news, they're on social media and they're, and they're consuming the same kind of negative content on social media. It's not a benefit to anybody. Yes, problems exist. Yes, injustice happens. Yes, there are issues in our nation that I would love to see getting fixed, right? We all do. We all feel that way. Whether you come from a left-wing perspective, a right-wing perspective, or whether you're like me and you consider yourself to be very much somewhere in the middle, somewhere on the spectrum, right? You know, I mean, it doesn't matter. We all agree that there are problems in this nation that desperately need to be fixed, the problem is, is that a lot of them are never going to be fixed. Some of them are, are related to human nature, and you can't fix human nature. No matter how much we would like to try, it's unfixable in some cases. And, and some of the things are related to just external factors that we just have no control over. Yeah, if, if it has to do with politics, you can make the argument that you can go into politics and try to fix it. Okay, fine, but that's been an argument that I have heard for a very long time, and I have never seen it work. Now, I know I'm only 31. I'm not seriously old, right? 
I'm, I'm fairly young. But still, I haven't seen people going into politics. I haven't seen anyone try to fix a problem through politics really work out all that well. If at all, for that matter. I just don't see it. All I see politics is fighting over the source of power, which is our government. Our government is a source of power. It's a source of control. It has the authority to use force against other people, violence against other people, you know, throw people in jails for the stupidest of reasons, or killing them, in this case, for the stupidest of reasons. And I think George Floyd's death is very regrettable, and I think it was wrong. From, from the information that I have, it doesn't sound like the way, the, the way it was handled was handled well at all. And it sounds like he, he died unnecessarily. He didn't have to. So it just, it, it doesn't look like it was handled well. And I guess that's putting it lightly, but that's my, my take on it. But anyways, the point is, is that these rioters are destroying windows, stealing products off the shelves, destroying shelves, destroying stores. And for what? They didn't even know the guy. Now, I feel for the family. I don't feel for the rioter. The family lost a person in their life that they loved. The rioter didn't even know the person, and yet they think it's okay to, to go out there and steal and destroy. All because some guy, a random stranger that didn't even know, ended up dying, and they feel it was unjust. And the feelings of how it was unjust is not necessarily wrong. But it is wrong to go and destroy people's livelihoods, people who had nothing to do with the situation. Think of all the people who now can't go and shop there. Think of all the people who now, maybe they needed something from those stores, now they can't go get it. And the rioters are causing so much damage. And now all the money that would have been spent in reinvesting into the business and hiring more employees, many of these stores were already closed up because of lockdowns that were initiated due to COVID-19 or at least the, the fear of it all. And now they're going to be looking to hire. They're going to be looking to open up. They're going to be looking to sell more products. They had products on their, their shelves that they were looking to sell. And now they're not going to be able to. Most of that, a lot of those products were damaged, stolen, gone. Now they have to t spend even more money to reinvest in those in fixing everything, to reinvest in the food, the products that were stolen and destroyed. Do you really think the community is benefited in any which way, shape, or form because of this? Is there anybody out there that thinks that we will those local cities will receive economic benefits an economic boon because of the destruction that's happening that the broken window theory is going to benefit people if anything it has it, it, it no it won't it won't but in this situation it's actually going to hurt it's not going to be an uh, an equal trade in the economy of it all and if you're just looking at the numbers that's the case but hey if you're looking at the individual business owner in the example that Henry Hazel had, the suit owner is out 250 bucks. He's out the business, right? He doesn't get it because it has to go to the glazier. That's not good for the suit owner. That's bad. So if you're just looking at it from an economic perspective with faceless people and you're not thinking about the individual, then yeah, naturally, this is this doesn't look... It, it seems in that particular situation, it seems like a more just an equal trade, but it's really not. It really isn't an equal trade. 
When you look at the individual, it's a disaster. S- situation is no different here. It's not an equal trade. It's a loss. It's a loss to the community. It's a loss to the city. It is disastrous. It is destructive. And now the money that they that they would have had to maybe hire employees and uh, help people get back to work, help them to earn a living again, you know, the money that they would have had to buy products from other businesses so that they can hire people and they can increase production and get back to work again and get back to and we can all get back to a sense of normalcy is going to take longer. In some cases, the businesses may go under entirely. And they may, and their li- their livelihoods, their way of life may very well have been ruined. This may cause them to commit suicide. This may cause heart attacks, strokes, a lot of un- negative health effects. This is not a positive thing. Riots, dist- theft, and destruction are not justified because one man was unjustly killed. It do- it's not justified. In my opinion, it's the same kind of evil. And here is, I kind of wanted to say this quote from uh, Henry Hazlitt uh, in his Economics in One Lesson. This is page 30 of chapter, I believe, three. Let me look at it real quick. Do, 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 do. I'm actually reading from the actual book. It's not an article. <laughs> chapter three. Okay. Yeah. Chapter three, page 30. It's at the very end of the page. It says, but such complications should not divert us from pre, uh, from recognizing the basic truth that the wanton destruction of anything of real value is always a net loss, a misfortune, or a disaster. And whatever the offsetting considerations in a particular instance can never be on net balance a boon or a blessing. There you go. Spoken with a lot of wisdom. <laughs> it's uh, There you go. The net loss of real value. And that includes human life too. For George Floyd, again, from the information that I have, he presented real value to his family. Nothing is going to replace that. And it's a net loss to his family. Emotionally, maybe financially, I don't know. But definitely emotionally. And it's the, it's the same thing for the rioters that are destroying the businesses and destroying the just the products and everything and destroying people's livelihoods. This is the same thing. It's a net loss because they're destroying real value. Products that people were going to buy, that people buy every day, services that people utilize and need for their life. It's all getting destroyed rather senselessly. That being said, I know that was kind of depressing. I just, I wanted to give my two cents on the whole thing. I felt like it was just, it's, it's been on the minds of a lot of people. It's been on the, my mind. I, I try not to focus on the negativity. I try not to really watch the news. I really avoid it a lot because it just makes me depressed. I don't know about you, but it makes me depressed. It makes me think, woe is me. The world is coming to an end. The world is dying. And it just, it's so sad to see our nation acting like this. While I have no issue with the protests as long as they are peaceful, I have a great issue. I have a lot of problems with the violence and the destruction and just how senseless it all is. Just unjustified. There is no justification for it. If you can say that there ever is a justification for that kind of behavior, and I would say there is never justification, no matter how bad it is. 
even if the government is being bad and the government is like corrupt and and you know authoritarian and and they're oppressing the people and you know even if that's the case does it really serve your purpose to go and destroy your local community the your neighbors businesses your neighbors livelihoods how does destroying that stuff help you in your goals to freedom doesn't doesn't do a thing you know a lot of the greatest uh, achievements of freedom that we have seen in human history against authoritarianism, against, you know, severe oppression, um, have been done peacefully. If you look at European nations during the time of the Soviet Union, some of those European nations actually won their freedom back by gathering in mass, in peace, not in violence. That doesn't just go for the European nations. That's happened here in America too. Segregation was ended thank you, thanks to Martin Luther King and his efforts of peaceful protesting, of protesting an evil that existed in our nation once that has been eradicated and hopefully will never come back. Hopefully. Peaceful protesting is the way to go. And I have nothing against peaceful protesting. I may not always agree with the protests or why people are protesting. Sometimes people might be protesting against something. I'm not saying that's for this particular situation. I'm not I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm not really giving my opinion as to the actual reason, you know, whether or not they should be protesting or things of that nature. That's not really the purview here of of this episode. But what I am saying though is there are protests out there where I just I don't think it's worth protesting for. I just don't agree with the reason. That being said, I still think you have a right to protest. You know, I mean, I don't think it's wrong to peacefully protest. But to to, to get violent, to destroy businesses, to destroy people's livelihoods serves no purpose at all. And you know what it really does? It ruins the peaceful protesters' messages. People are out there protesting for George Floyd. They're protesting against police brutality, right? That's what they're out there for. Do you think anybody's listening to that? Or do you think that they're just focusing on the destruction, the senseless destruction and violence? There's a reason that peaceful protesting is peaceful because it gets people's attention. But violence corrupts all of that. But here's the thing. If you have a bunch of people in your protest that are committing acts of violence against innocent people, even if it's not innocent people, if you have people in your protest that are committing violence, I'm sorry to say this, but your protest is going to fall on deaf ears. As, As sad as it is, and I'm not saying it should, that's just what happens. That's human nature. We focus on the negativity. We, we always have a natural tendency to focus on the negativity. This is part of that. We are going to be focusing on the negative aspects of this. People are, are consuming. They are just engorging themselves in all the negativity, in all the riots. And they're losing the message. They're not getting the message. And if anything, it disgusts people and it turns them against your cause. My recommendation for anyone who wants to go out and peacefully protest and get their message across is you need to stop these violent acts. You need to stop the people, these violent people from being involved in your protest. They are destroying the very reason that you're out there. You're taking time out of your day and they're destroying it. They're making it superfluous. 
You don't agree with me? Okay. Look at the news. Are they talking about the peaceful protests? Are they talking about how wonderful this is? No, they're talking about the violence. That is evidence enough. They're not focusing on the reasons you're really there. They're focusing on the violence. They're focusing on all the destruction. That's all people are getting. That's all the media is focusing on. They're not focusing on the reasons for the peaceful protests. Maybe they're talking about them in more of a fleeting sense, but they're not giving the kind of time that, to that as they are to the violence and the destruction. If you want your message heard, it has to be peaceful. And sometimes I wonder if people should even go out there. If, if there are people that are riding, I kind of wonder if the protest should even continue. The message is, is, is not getting heard because of the violence. So I'm kind of wondering, is it even a good idea? Or should the protesters say, because our, our protests are being hijacked by people who are committing violent acts and aggression towards others, we are going to do the right thing. We're, we're going to not protest. We don't want violence and, and aggression and, and destruction to be caused, to be hijacked, to be linked up to our cause. We don't want that to be associated with our cause. That's not us. So we're going to stop the protests. We're going to, we're going to protest maybe in another way, maybe go online, maybe do it in a different, in a different way, but we're not going to continue to walk through the streets because people are hijacking it for violence and aggression and a whole bunch of other horrible reasons. Now, I don't know. I mean, that, 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 that is, I, I'm almost kind of tempted to say maybe that's what they should do to stop the violence, to stop the destruction. Otherwise, they could be seen as in support of it. Even though they're saying against it, they're still holding the rallies. They're still holding the protests that are leading to these every single time. So while they may not necessarily be in support of it, they're not doing anything to prevent it from happening. And I guess you could say, maybe you can make the argument that they can't do anything, but you know, there's nothing they could really do. But I, I guarantee you, if you didn't have a mass, massive number of people in the streets, the rioters wouldn't be there. They wouldn't be there by themselves. They're only there because of mob mentality. They're only there because of the group, you know, because people are doing that type of stuff. If you take that away, they will stop and it will stop peacefully. You won't need the police officers to come in and shoot people with bullets you know, rubber bullets or, or tear gas. You won't need that kind of force. You can solve this peacefully, but it would, it would take the protesters to realize the destruction that is being caused and is trying to be connected to their cause, which is really more corrupting. And I don't know if corruption is the right term, but it's, it's, it's destroying their cause. So that being said, guys, I know this was a depressing message. I, I, I do apologize. Again, I just talked about not listening to depressing, depressing stuff. I really was wanting to focus this more on the economic side of it, and I really did try. And, and even then, that is hard to do in, in this kind of situation. But look, all in all, it's not a net benefit economically. It's a net loss for everyone because real value is being lost. Lost product services, buildings are being damaged. You know, buildings are being lit on fire. Real value here is being lost, and as a result, it's always a loss to the community. It's never good. The money that is spent to rebuild all this stuff is going to further lengthen 
the time of opening. Big corporations and chains are going to be fine. You know, like Targets and stuff like that. They're not owned by franchisees, which franchisees are largely, you may not like chains, but franchisees are largely small business owners. They usually only ever own one or two, maybe three locations. They're not big business owners. Some franchisees have a massive business and have a massive corporation because they've got like 20, 30 different locations of different franchises and stuff like that. But most franchisees are small business owners, just mom and pop shops. They're just using the overall brand that was created by the business. That being said, though, the bigger businesses are going to be able to weather the storm. They're going to be able to weather the lockdowns, the shutdowns. They're going to be able to weather the riots. So Target will open back up again. But what about the immigrant that came here? Even if it's not an immigrant, what about the minority? What about the just, even if it's not a minority, what about just the, the average American person who has a business here? Who cares whether they're a minority? Who cares whether they're an immigrant? They're a human, aren't they? We're all humans. Let's stop focusing on whether or not we are, you know, our, our ethnicity or where we're from. Let's start focusing on the fact that we're people. We're all humans. We're all human beings. We have that in common. Life is a struggle. We have that in common. What about the small business owner? Right? What about them? What about the other human beings that own their businesses, whether they're a minority or whatever is irrelevant? We're all humans. What about their businesses? Do you think they're going to recover? They might. They also might not. This is really bad, especially coming off coming off the backs of the lockdowns. This is not the what what anybody me in particular hoped for the reopening of America. I had hoped that the opening of our nation once again would have been a boon to businesses that people would have been so desperate to get out that they would receive lots of business. And in some areas, this is happening, but not where the riots are happening. So that's, um, it's very, very unfortunate. It's very sad. These riots need to stop. They're not getting your points crossed. They're ruining the overall message of the protests. They need to stop. Whether you agree with the protests or not, you know, if, if you're part of the protest, the protesters, you need to do something. The police aren't going to do it. Has to be you. Take responsibility. And even though you're not the ones that are causing this, and and you shouldn't, and I'm not saying you should be blamed for in any which way, shape, or form, they're doing it off of your rallies, off of your protests. Something, someone needs to do something to stop them. If that means stop the protests, then stop the protests. End the violence and the destruction. Maybe find a different way to protest that doesn't uh, cater to the violent acts. But if you continue them, people, and I'm not saying me in this, but people will blame you. People will even accuse you for being okay with the violence. And if that happens, your message is going to fall on deaf ears. I would argue your message is already falling on deaf ears because of the violence that has been allowed to continue. If you are a protester, this is something you need to consider. But anyways, guys, uh, hope you guys liked the video. Sorry it was kind of depressing. You know, let's go ahead and talk about something really quick, upbeat, because, you know, I'm. this is not something that I like to focus on. I like to focus on positive stuff. 
right? I mean, every day is, su- is filled with so much negativity today if you just watch the news or get on social media. It's important that we focus on positive things that uplift our life and things that just make us feel happy. So again, the idea of financial freedom and personal empowerment is one of those. I think one of the best ways and one of the best ways to achieve this is to get out and uh, create a product. Maybe if you have a skill that you are very, very good at, you can teach that skill to other people and you can make a lot of money doing that and which can provide financial freedom for your business where you're not dependent on anybody. You know, having said that, guys, I mean, it just seems like, I don't know about you, but when I'm getting out and about, I'm seeing a lot more people out, you know, enjoying life, going and shopping and, and getting food. And I got a, a artificial beach that's over here off the off of the lake that I live by. And there are tons of people out there. There are lines of cars waiting to get in. Man, it feels like a holiday weekend, or at least it did. Uh, this week felt like a very a holiday weekend. It, it was actually, it was good. It made me feel very happy. It lifted my spirits to see so many people get out and enjoy life. So that's great. Life to me seems like it's getting back to a sense of normalcy. I think that the virus is ultimately subsiding. You know, we're getting into the summer months. They say that it doesn't really perform well in the hot, humid weather. We're definitely here that in Texas, for sure. We got hot, humid all over the place. So I think that, you know, at least the vast majority of people that are getting this are not actually dying. Uh, CDC just slashed its fatality rate, meaning that the vast majority of people are having minor to uh, very, very mild symptoms. Some people don't even know they have it. That's a good, that's a positive thing, guys. Looks like the fear is going away. And that makes me so happy. I want nothing more to get back to normalcy, to start seeing family again. I haven't seen my family, I don't know, in a long time. And I'm missing my family a lot. I just, I miss everybody. I want to see them all. I want to have one big, massive family gathering after this is all over. I really do. I think that would be awesome. And I highly encourage you to, once everything is good, you feel safe, the numbers are gone or down or something. I don't know if this is ever something that's really going to go away or if it's going to be like more of a seasonal thing. So we're going to have to see it towards the end of the year, you know, what's going to happen with regards to that. But, you know, I don't necessarily, I think the numbers are for the most part uh, manipulated and, and, and overhyped for the sake of causing fear. What I'm happy with is that sentiment seems to be recovering. People seem to be getting happy and are getting out and, and, you know, just ultimately life is going back to a sense of normalcy. And that's what I am happy with. Minus the riots. That's what I'm happy with. So guys, take that. That's a positive thing. Seeing people get out, seeing things are starting to get back to a sense of normalcy with regards to COVID-19 and the shutdowns and everything. That's great shutdowns are ending, you know, local businesses are opening things back up again. That's great. So anyways, guys, this has been a very, very long episode and, uh, I'm really not doing the past two episodes. I haven't, or past couple episodes. I haven't really done a great job at keeping them within the 30 minute range. I just have so much I want to say. So anyways, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you're watching this on YouTube, if not, make sure to leave me a rating and a review on iTunes. Help me get to the top number one and listen to podcast. Help me get up there. I would love that. Share the show if you liked it. Share the message. And hey, if you're new, I'd like to challenge you to, to take the 10-episode challenge. Go back and listen to the last 10 episodes. Uh, we don't really talk about news in a vacuum here, so 
It just, it would really, really, when we start to reference things, you know, I tried to kind of remind people of what I was talking about, but in the end, you really needed to go back and listen. So, hey, if you're new, go back and listen to the next 10 episodes and make sure to share a show. If you do that, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Remember, know the risks, plan accordingly, and have a great day.